Welcome once again to Action Church. If you're new with us, uh, we are uh, in week three uh, of a series we're calling Too Good to Not Believe. We're gonna get there in just a moment, but we are uh, celebrating our eight-year uh, anniversary launch January 26th of 2014 at Winter Springs High School. Saw 796 people show up that day, 22 give their life to Jesus, and just been seeing God through the ups and downs be faithful and good every step of the way. I wanna celebrate a couple things uh, with our church family today. And if you're new, uh, you're included uh, as well in the celebration. We'd love for you to be a part maybe next time. We just came out uh, of a thing that we call Reach Week. Come on, how many of you enjoyed serving at Reach Week? Saw all the pictures, saw you guys out there. 68 projects that we did just last week all across the city of Orlando, across all of our locations. 750 of you uh, took time out of your week to, to serve those in our community, which is 95,662 volunteer hours. Just last week, the, the church left the building and went and served people. We reached people where they are, and to reach people where they are, you have to actually go to where they are. We gave away 1,185 uh, 1, uh, 1, gallons of gas Come on, somebody. That's way more expensive than it used to be, and so that's a very sacrificial thing that we did. Prayed for people, had people give their life to Jesus right there at the pumps. We gave around 1,300 meals away uh, to people uh, in need, and it's just, it's amazing what we get to be a part of. So thank you so much if you served. Also, thank you so much if you gave to our expansion offering. You know, once a year, we give uh, over and above our tithe. At Action Church, we believe in the faithful returning uh, it's not giving, the faithful returning uh, of God's first 10% the tithe. And then once a year, we ask God what we can give over and above that tithe. And this year, I wanna celebrate our expansion total because as a direct result of our expansion offering, we get to do things like Reach Week. And so our total this year, first off, over 100 people gave this year more than last year. We saw almost 850 gifts this year, unique people that gave for a total of $1,209,468.74. Don't forget about the 74 cents. That paid for at least a quarter gallon of gas this week, and you don't know that quarter gallon could have got somebody into eternity. Thank you so much for being a generous church, a serving church. Uh, we do not just have a place that we come, we gather so that we can uh, grow together so that we can then go out into the community. It's who we have been, it's who we'll always be. The, the gathering of believers is important, but the church is not meant to stay in the four walls. It's meant to be the hands and feet of Jesus every single day of the week. So thank you for leading the way. I wanna get right into our series today. <clears throat> you can tell I yelled a lot first service, and I got the baptismal, and it's 50 degrees out there. It is cold, and so I'm somehow beginning to lose my voice, and so hopefully we'll get through this one. Psalm 23, verse six. It says, surely goodness, everybody say goodness. goodness. Goodness, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The original language, the original text, the better word for, for follow is actually pursue, that God's goodness will pursue you. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that God pursues me in seasons where I, I don't pursue him, that his goodness seems to just follow me around even when I don't see it or when I don't feel it. And I wanna tell you today that we're gonna celebrate a lot about what God has done. We're gonna believe for what he could do, but God's goodness is not circumstantial, it's his character. Amen. God's goodness is not shaken when our situation doesn't turn out the way we think that it should. God's goodness is not shaken or changed when we pray for a miracle and it doesn't happen. God is good all by himself, that's, that's who he is. In fact, I want you to think about this as kind of a filter for our message today. God's goodness 
is not only revealed through the absence of struggle, but rather oftentimes in the midst of it. God's goodness is not only revealed through the absence of struggle, but rather oftentimes in the midst of it. We're gonna encounter difficulty in this life. We're gonna have seasons like today of celebration, but when we look back over eight years, come on, if you've been around, it's been ups, it's been downs, it's been mountaintops and it's been valleys. Maybe you can say the same in your life. What I wanna talk about specifically today is there are going to be storms in your life. There are gonna be storms that, that pop up. There's gonna be storms that the winds blow and the rains come, and what I wanna talk about today is how do we get through the storms of life. Mark chapter four, verse 35 through 41 is gonna be our passage today where Jesus calls the disciples to leave one side of the Sea of Galilee and go to the other side. And what's happening here is they're preaching and they're teaching and they're healing. Thousands are getting saved and we're seeing Jesus in the middle of his ministry. When all of a sudden the crowds come up and he says, let us get into the boat and let us cross over to the other side. If you continue to read the story in the following chapter, you see that Jesus left the crowds for one man. In fact, it was the demonic uh, possessed man in shackles and chains outside of Decapolis. And so he leaves the crowds for one person just to come right back across. And so we'll talk about that in a little bit, but some context, Jesus is calling his disciples to the other side. And this boat they would have been in would have been about 18 to 20 feet in length and six to eight feet in width. So it was basically like an oversized canoe, that's good contextually for this conversation of the, what these disciples are actually going through. As evening came, verse 35, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind, although some boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, just chilling. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, sometimes Jesus, we're, we're freaking out, and Jesus is like, man, I've been here for a minute. Like, I'm not scared. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When, G when Jesus woke up, which is important, it, when he woke up, wasn't immediately, just when he woke up, a couple snooze buttons, he rebuked the wind. He said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. A better Greek translation is amazed. The disciples were absolutely amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. I'm a bad news type of guy. Bad news first, good news second. I'll give you bad news and good news. The bad news is storms are coming. Storms are coming. It's hurricane season. Not literally in Florida right now, but in life, they're, they're coming. And we have a choice, do we sink or we, do we survive? Do we sink in the storm or do we survive the storm? And I wanna talk about today how we survive the storm, but before we talk about surviving, I want to give the bad news first. I wanna give you two ways in which we sink and drown in the storm. These are surefire ways to die in your storm, to be overwhelmed in your storm, to be depressed in your storm. Here's the first one, write it down. How to drown in your storm. When the storm comes, just pretend that you're fine. It's not raining. 
come on, I'm a golfer. I'm out on the golf course. Storm's coming in. You're like, nah, it's just a mist. It's a sprinkle. It's gonna blow right over. No, it's a Cat 4 hurricane bearing down on us, and we're out there like a little shack, like, nah, we're fine. Come on, you do this. I do this. You did it today in the lobby. Come on, at Sanford, maybe you walked in, or south, or right here at Winter Park, Oviedo. Somebody said, how are you doing? You said, great. We just watched you almost murder your child in the parking lot. <laughs> doing great. God, if that's great, I don't want to see bad. <laughs> Come on, pretend that we're fine. Remember middle school, you'd like trip in the hallway or the lunchroom, and then you just pretend that's how you walked? You're like, oh, yeah, I just got to, yep, just... came in with a little limp all of a sudden. No, I tripped. I'm an idiot. <laughs> we pretend that we're fine. We're fine. My relationship's fine. My kids are fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. Got to acknowledge our, our need for God and our need for help. Surefire way to drown in your storm is to say, nah, I'm fine. Here's the second one. If you're drowning, second way to definitely die in your storm is to attempt to save yourself. You can't save yourself. You're drowning. You're in over your head. You're in a storm. And I need you to know that you cannot get out of that storm alone. First off, you need a relationship with Jesus, the power and the presence of God, but you need other people. And we're gonna talk about today and share some stories today because there's some times that you may not have the faith, you may need to borrow some faith. There may not be times that you don't believe, but you need somebody to speak that thing into your soul and remind you of how good your God is. You need people. You know, we started this church eight years ago, and I remember uh, conversations. I remember men and women that we, we followed. It's, it's, it's you need people to get through storms. I remember sitting down with, with community leaders, and I remember learning from people like Pastor Alex Clattenburg at Church in the Sun, and Pastor Eugene Smith at City Church, and, and Dr. Joel and Becky Hunter, who are actually in this service right now. And I remember learning from people. And here's the thing, because when we started the church, we, we knew, we knew that we were gonna reap a harvest that we didn't plant. We knew that we were coming in to a place that had great churches. We weren't the newest, the greatest, the best, the brightest. We just were called to be a part of what God is doing here. And I'm here to tell you, you cannot save yourself and you cannot get through the worst of times. You can't enjoy the best of times. You will never accomplish all that God is calling you to accomplish trying to do it alone. You won't survive the storm. You won't walk through success well. You need other people. And we learned and we leaned in and we, we, we walked behind and then we didn't just take it and, and keep it to ourselves. We've, we've passed it on as other people have needed help. There's churches all over our community that have used our, our baptismals, used our trailers. We've given them pipe and drink. We've got churches right down the street that use all of our branding, our mailers, all of our names. And you say, well, why are they doing that? Who cares? We're doing it together because it's not about yourself. It's about others. An action church will always be about what God is doing in the community. Well, we will learn from who we need to learn from. We will teach from who we need to teach, and we will steward well what, what God has given us. You can't pretend that you're fine, and you can't pretend that you have it all together and you can save yourself. You need God, and you need others to survive these storms. It's just, it's just not about us as much as we think. God is doing something bigger, and he's doing it oftentimes with us doing it together. But we try too hard. We try and do it on our own. I want to remind you today before we get into the text, Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not of your own doing. You cannot save yourself. I need to tell somebody someday that's struggling so hard, that striving, you're in a storm and you're trying to fight out of it. You cannot fight your way out of that storm alone. It's by grace that you are saved. It is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one could boast. The enemy, he keeps us stuck in the storm because it's do this and do that, read this and read that, listen to this, listen to that. And God is saying, those are all great steps, but the main step you need to get is in receiving the grace of God. Because until you receive the grace of God, the other steps are just busy work. They're just sideways energy. It's circular. You're gonna keep coming back to the same things. But if you will receive the gift that was given 2,000 years ago, if you will receive the gift of grace, then you can begin to walk out of those, out those steps, not by yourself, but with the grace of God. Not by yourself, but with the power of God. Not by yourself, but with people in a body of believers. We have to accept Get this, what he's done and stop doing so much. The doing comes after receiving what has been done. So from that place of God's grace and his presence, I wanna study this passage. How do we survive the storm? How do we get from where we are on this side to the place that God is calling us to go? Verse 35, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out leaving the crowds behind them, but many other boats followed. Let's, I'm not brilliant. I'm not a highly educated man. Most of you are probably smarter than me, but I do know that let's is a contraction. <laughs> I had to look it up this week, I had to do the Google. <laughs> but let's is a contraction for let us. And I just need to remind you today that when God is calling you to something, He's gonna be with you to see you through it. He didn't say, hey, Peter, John, James, Matthew, go to the other side, I'll meet you there. He said, let us, and I need you to know that if you accept Jesus, if you have a relationship with him, there is never a situation again in which you have to walk through it alone. It is always let us go to the other side. Let us walk through this together. Let us in rhythm and grace and in relationship walk through this. Based on what Jesus did on the cross, you and I can cross over, but not just our situation, not just our circumstance. We literally cross over from death to life. It says let us cross over. And I'm just believing today that if you include Jesus in whatever you're going through, whatever your storm is, whatever your situation is, that today can be the day that you cross over from worry to peace, from, from fear to faith, from brokenness to restoration, from sorrow to, to, to a, a significant feeling that God's got this, he's gonna see you through it. Because of God's grace, because he's with us, we, we can say, let us cross over. I'm gonna read this to you. Here's what the disciples had. They had his promise that they were going to the other side. Catch this, his commandments are always his enablements and nothing can hinder the working out of God's plan. He did not promise an easy trip, but he did promise a guaranteed arrival at their destination. See, we, we've been lied to that the trip is gonna be easy. God didn't say, let us go to the other side on a seven-day Royal Caribbean cruise. He said, get in this oversized canoe and let's go to the other side. It's a difference. Jesus takes us to the other side, but he doesn't promise how the journey's gonna go. He just promises he's gonna be with us. 
Here's verse 36, let's keep going in the text. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. Now, I don't know if you've done ministry or, or public speaking, but Jesus was in the teaching business. He was in the, the sermon business. He was in the healing business. So crowds would have been a good thing. Jesus gathers a crowd and then says, hey, we're out of here. We're leaving. Can you imagine the disciples? They're like, no, no, Jesus, this is it. They're here. Where are we going? Jesus always modeled when the crowds, he loved the crowd, he loved the multitudes, he loved to see thousands saved, but he always modeled that it's not always deductive, it's not always linear, it's not always gonna make sense what he's calling us to do. And what he's showing us right here is they left the crowds behind, they left the crowds for one person. What he's showing us, we talk about this all the time, but I want you to get this in this text, is that obedience is greater than success. Obedience is greater than success. Obedience is the long game. Success is a sprint. Obedience is a marathon. Success is fleeting. Obedience is fulfilling. Success is about you. Obedience is about God. God's calling us to be faithful and obedient, not successful. Successful says I've made much of me. Obedience says regardless of which I walk, I'm just gonna be faithful to what God what God says. Obedience over success. That's gotta be the goal. And it lets us have proper perspective. It lets us be faith-filled while we wait on a faithful God to give us the promise because we're not obsessed with how the short-term looks. We know if God said it, we're gonna do it. And here's what happens next. They're, they're not successful. They're leaving success to be obedient. And then after their obedience, the first thing after their obedience, we find in verse 37, is a fierce storm. But a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Can you imagine the disciples? That first conversation, we just left thousands of people. Jesus, preaching. Now his butt's asleep in the back of the boat. We're gonna die. Look at what they says. Look what they say right here. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? That's a dumb question. Come on, church, you ever ask God a dumb question? You shouldn't do this very often, but just for fun, just put yourself in God's shoes for a moment and remember the questions you asked him. Peter, John, Jesus, don't you care? Yeah, Peter, have you forgotten that I'm right here in the same boat as you? Storms, storms, they cause us to be self-centered. When they got in the boat, Jesus, revival, other side, bigger revival. They get in the storm and they're like, Jesus, we're gonna drown, don't you care? Storms cause people to get crazy. Storms cause people to walk away, things to be ripped away. Storms reveal where your focus is. Is your storm causing you to focus more on the storm, on what you're lacking, what you're facing, or is it causing you to focus more on your Savior? Let me give you an illustration. I've given this before, but let's, let's just pretend that, that uh, it's raining outside, which is not very hard to do in Orlando. Come on, it rains all the time. How many of you, just, just real quick, how many of you are, are umbrella people? How many of you are just, I'm just gonna sprint in no matter how hard it's raining people? Yeah, that's, 
I think it's a Floridian thing. I think we're just, we're not brilliant. You know what I mean? There's literally an invention made to keep water off. It's like, nah, I'm gonna run for it. I get it. That's me too. I don't even own an umbrella. And so let's pretend I've got an umbrella. It's a, it's a stormy day and me and Pastor Eddie are, are walking in uh, to a parking lot, let's call it to a stadium or to a game, to the uh, downtown, to the, the arena. Got a long walk and, and Eddie's holding the umbrella because he's, he's a slightly larger man than, than I am. So he's holding the umbrella and it's just sprinkling. You know, it's, it's not a storm yet. It's just raining. We're walking, we're talking, just two, just two grown men cuddling under an umbrella, not a big thing. When that wind starts to pick up, that lightning starts to hit, that thunder begins to shake, and you get that, come on, that Florida diagonal sideways rain. We get into the arena. Guess who's wet and who's not wet? Eddie's dry to the bone. I am soaked. Because when that, when that rain comes up, Eddie started, he started walking faster and leaning more. Because storms cause us to be selfish. And he's not wet. But I am. And I just want to prepare you that storms are coming. And that your propensity is going to be selfish since. But what God wants to do in the storm is cause you to walk to the back of the boat where he's been the whole time. And, and ask him to be a part of it. And the problem is... Problem is, we wait until the storm comes to have a conversation with Jesus. We shouldn't have to wake him up. We should be in conversation already. Now I get, now I get theologically, Jesus is there, he's sleeping. I'm not using the story. I'm saying too many times, we wait until the storm comes to go have a conversation. Storms are coming. If you read the Bible, the end is really, really great. Eternity with Jesus. Eternity in the presence of God. But how we get there, this place ain't getting much better. Storms are coming. Come on, we've been through pandemic and global tensions and stress and worry, loss of faith in people, strife, fighting. Storms are coming. And I really feel like on this, in our eighth anniversary, I wanna share something we've been praying through as, as a church. We always wanna be wide. We always wanna be attractional. We always wanna be a place. If you're new here, that every single Sunday, you're gonna find a place that's gonna welcome you and preach Jesus unapologetically and be attractional to everybody. However, I really feel like as we continue to grow that where our world is going, that we need believers and Christians to have a foundational type of faith. So we can't just grow wide, we have to continue to grow in our depth. If we exist to reach people where they are, we gotta keep doing that. Reach weeks, missions trips, surf Saturdays, everything that we do. We also gotta connect them to everything God has for their life. And to do that, I feel like we have to move the finish line a little further. See, for us at Action Church, it's been, hey, get saved, celebrate, baptize, get on a team or in a group. And those are still steps in the plan, but I wanna add a, a couple of markers, a couple of stops, if you will, on the journey to discipleship at Action Church. I'd love the team to put this graphic up called this our connection track, and, and because it, it's not linear, you don't have to do everything in, in order at Action Church. It's not like, hey, nine years before you can make a difference. No, just start somewhere. I recommend with salvation, just a personal, just a personal recommendation, but you can save it for last. We'll dunk you twice. Go get baptized today. Didn't take the first time, we'll do it again next time. 
got salvation, we got action steps, and we're starting brand new action steps. Brand new action steps starting in February, brand new action step one and two. We just did the content a couple months ago. The team's edited it. We'll have action steps all four weeks, or the first four weeks of the month. First and third will be step one. Uh, two and four will be step two. Just looking to get people connected to the team. And then we've got a couple new things. Before I get to the new thing fundamentals, I wanna talk about freedom for a second. You cannot cross over to the other side. You cannot walk into all that God has for you in the next season while still carrying everything from the last. So freedom is not just for people with big abuse or big trauma or, 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 or testimonies that will, will shock you. It's for every single person to say, hey, what do I have in me that's not of God? What do I have in me that is of the flesh and not of the spirit? Well, how can I be free from what happened to me or what I did and walk into all that God has for me? I really believe it's a, it's a stop on the track, a stop on the journey for every believer at Action Church. And then here's the, the brand new one that we're doing. We're gonna shoot uh, these in a small group form, Fundamentals, starting on Tuesday nights, February 8th. I'm gonna be teaching most of these. Pastor Tyler did a phenomenal job writing this curriculum along with some other team members from Action Church. It's $20 just for the book. We're gonna be right here at Winter Park every Tuesday night this spring, and then we'll uh, capture those videos, and it'll be a small group-based curriculum, just like Freedom, going every single semester. Just getting people eight fundamentals that they can build their faith on. I really believe, we, can't, we cannot measure salvation. Is how, how and when is somebody saved? That's God's job. We cannot measure a, a disciple, but we want to make sure as pastors and leaders that we can give you appropriate steps and you continue to build a faith that will survive the storm. It's coming. It's not if, it's when. And we need to have a faith that is free from our past, that has a foundation, that has key fundamentals. Verse 39, let's keep going. It says, when Jesus woke up, I read that earlier, but it's just funny, it just, to me, when he woke up, like I don't think it was quick. I think it was like a, oh, what are you guys doing? And they're freaking out. He woke up, he rebuked the wind, said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Jesus spoke and there was a great calm. This point is really simple. When's the last time you let a great God Speak to your fierce storm. Maybe you haven't felt a great calm in a long time in your storm, in your situation, because you have not allowed Jesus to speak to it. You're throwing out the water. You're complaining. You're yelling. You're, you're confused. You're worried. You're all of these things, and Jesus is right there saying, hey, tag me in. He didn't get up and preach a sermon. He didn't explain himself. He didn't do anything, he got up and out of his own character, his own goodness, his own greatness, he just said, nope. We're trying to do so many things step by step and we cannot get to the steps until we surrender the steps to him and say, I will take these appropriate steps after I surrender my situation to you. Allow Jesus to speak to your relationship. Allow Jesus to speak to your struggle. Allow Jesus to come in and silence that storm. God, silence the storm or silence my anxiety. God, silence the storm or silence this fear. Maybe you haven't felt a great calm because you haven't let a great God speak to your storm. Verse 40 and 41, we'll finish here. Then Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? See, that's our job. I wanna make sure you hear very clearly today. Our job is faith. God's job is the results. We may see the answer, 
We may be waiting on the answer. We may see the miracle, we may be waiting on the miracle, but our job is still faith. That's where we come in. Our job is faith, his job is the result. The disciples are absolutely amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. I'm gonna close here. Do you know how to survive a storm? Just pastor, everybody else like, nope, just wanna, just wanna drown in it. Well, just keep doing what you've been doing. Because left to our own devices, that's what we do. We just keep struggling. Keep drowning, keep trying. In, our, in, in the same spot. How do we arrive safely to the other side? How many of you wanna know? Raise your hand. You wanna know? Still not everybody, that's really weird. I don't really know. It's, it's not complicated. Again, if you're looking for complicated sermons, you're gonna need to find a different place. If I'm just, it's not even super theological. If I'm on a body of water and I encounter a storm, first off, I, I need to get in the boat because Jesus commanded and we, we have to value obedience. But if I'm in a boat with somebody who knows where they're going, with the Son of God, how do I survive my storm? I just stay in the boat. Over. You're like, that's it? Yeah. You're in a boat. You have everything. You, you have the best chance of survival because you're in a device that floats. God didn't say, let's swim to the other side. He said, get in the boat. I've made a way for you to, for you to get from here to there and I'm gonna be with you from here to there. Storms are coming. They're coming. We live in Florida. Don't treat the storms of life like you treat hurricanes. Come on, we'll freak out when it's 40 degrees, but we cat five bearing down. You're like, you wanna have a hurricane party? I don't know what season of life you're in, but this last one's been pretty tough for me. I wanna be very transparent for a moment. Lived in Bradenton, Florida, 2012, 2013, God said plant a church in Orlando. Just like he said in Mark 4, get in the boat, we're gonna cross over. And if he would have told me everything that we were gonna walk through, I'm just really honest. I don't think I would have gotten in the boat. I love that God gives us a lamp and a light. He gives us steps. He doesn't give us the process because sometimes the process would keep us from even starting. I don't think I would have. If he would have told me about all the betrayal all the loss, the attack on those closest to me, my family's health, my boys, the people that would leave, the people that would lie. I think I would have stayed on the shore. So you look at days of celebration like this and you think, ah, if I had it like them, I would be fine. I'm here to tell you, we're, we're all just walking through one storm at a time. Can I just tell you today that somebody who may not be through the storm but can kind of see what could be on the other side, I think it's cleared up. 
In the middle of the storm, I thank God that his ways are higher than my ways. And his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I wouldn't have gotten in if I had known then what I know now. But on this side, I still may not know all that he's doing. I still don't have any idea how, how, how Romans 8 can be true in every situation for me, that he's working all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called, called from this side to the other side, called to go through the fear storm, called according to his purpose. I don't know what he's doing, but I can declare to you today, in spite of not knowing why, when, or how, that my God is still too good to not believe, that he is still too good not to trust, that he is still too good not to follow, that no matter what happens to me, I have Jesus right there beside me. I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. My declaration is, God, I believe. But when I don't, help my unbelief. Jesus said, let us cross over. So what do we do? We stay in the boat. Because peace is in the boat. We stay in the boat. Because purpose is in the boat. We stay in the boat because perseverance is in the boat. Get in the boat, stay in the boat. Storms in your relationships today. Get in the boat. Stay in the boat. Storms in your finances, stress, job loss. Get in the boat. Storms in the form of addiction today. Get in the boat. Stay in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. And only Jesus can redeem your past. Only Jesus can repurpose your future. Only Jesus can redeem your storm. I'd rather be in the boat in the storm with Jesus than on the shore with the crowds any day. I'd rather be in a storm searching for understanding than in a crowd living in insignificance. Get in the boat. God, where are we going? Not telling you yet. When are we going to get there? Not telling you yet. You're going to be there? Yeah. Let us cross over. If you're there, I'm there. But when the storms come, I don't have to search for answers. I have the answer right there beside me. It's just too good to not believe. Let's bow our heads at every location, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give you an opportunity. And then we're going to end service a little bit differently today. So I'd love for you to stay and share a moment with us. God's speaking to you right now. Holy Spirit is speaking to you like you've never felt before. Today is your day of salvation. What's your job? Surrender. Romans says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord. Lord is control. Lord is leader. Lord is, is governing your life. Will you surrender your life to Jesus today? I want to give you that opportunity right now. Say, God, I love you. I accept what Jesus did on the cross. Forgiveness for my sins. His resurrection, giving me victory over sin in the grave. And I receive that today in Jesus' name. If that's you here at Winter Park, South Orlando, Oviedo, Sanford, right in your home. Would you raise your hand and say, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I got one, two. Maybe recommit your life today. You're, you're getting in the boat and you're, you're committing today. I'm going to stay in the boat. I'm recommitting my life to him. Three, four, five, six. Come on. Anybody else? Yep, 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 yep. Several over here. A few more in the back. Right there in the middle. Sanford, South. Oviedo. Come on, right at your home right now. Maybe in your, in your car. Around your kitchen table. You put your hands down. Pray this in your heart. 
as I pray out loud, say this, say, God, I love you. God, I thank you. I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I'm confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord and I'm giving you that place that I complete and total control. That have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.